All right. You ready to clap? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> One, two, three. Or two, three. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so I'll introduce us and then we'll go for it. Okay. I'm Our... Steve. This is Micah. We're on, we're on his vlog. We're on the vlog. The Rad Dad's vlog. Rad Dad. All right, welcome back to Rad Dads. I'm glad to have you. This is your host, Micah Sherman. And this is a big day because this is our first video podcast for Rad Dads. We're giving it a shot, seeing if you like it, seeing if you don't. I hope so. We'll see. There's a lot of things that I'm learning here. So we're going we're gonna to roll with it. Uh, if you want to check these out, we got some new Rad Dad swag. This was gifted from... Uh, a friend named Wilson Cow. So if you like it, let me know and we can try and make something happen. So here we go. So um, our guest today, um, I'm going to give the scouting report All right. and introduce you. Okay. Um, so you're just going to have to sit back and just enjoy back, what relax. I've searched on you. You got actually quite... Um, sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. That's right. right. Exactly. So here we go. So um, we have Dr. Steve Bast here today. Um, uh, Steve is a native to Southern California, born and raised in San Gabriel Valley. He attended Damien High School in Laverne, where he was two-sport All-American and was included into their Hall of Fame in 2010. That's pretty cool. That's correct. Yeah. That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, 1986, uh, with the Boston Red Sox, he played five years with the Boston Red Sox organization, which is really awesome. Completed a sports medicine fellowship at the Carolyn Job Orthopedic Clinic. Did I pronounce that right? Curlin Job. Curlin Job. I apologize. Uh, while there, he took care of some professional athletes from a wide variety of sports, including the Lakers, Dodgers, Ducks, Kings, Galaxy, AVP, PGA, and of course, the USC Trojans. That's right. He continued fight to assist. Fight on. Let's go. He continued to assist in the care of the LA Lakers until 2016. We'll get more into that because I want to know more about that. Um, and he has been a private practice in Covita, an orthopedic, uh, orthopedic surgeon, um, and been in California for the uh, past 20 years doing that. Uh, enjoys um, taking care of the patients from place a place he calls home. And you have been married, am I right on this? 35 years. 35. I had 34. 35 years going going on 36, which is such a testament to um, an awesome marriage, Uh, which leads us to, well, first, let me just welcome you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Steve Bass, welcome to the the show. Thanks. Thanks. It's uh, really fun to be here. Yeah. Uh, So you even want me to be here. I, of course. You've been on my list of interviewees to interview, so thanks for being down. Uh, so that leads us into your family. Can you kind of introduce who Dr. Bass is at home and who your family is? Sure. So I, as, as you said, been married 35 years, going on 36, met my high school sweetheart, um, Antoinette. We've been married for that long time, dated seven years prior to that. And then after that, um, we had, uh, in 1989, our first child, Ryan, uh, who is now going to be 34, it sounds like. Wow. Yeah, 34. Um, 1992, Nick was born. He's going to be, wow, 32 this year, which is crazy yeah. coming up Flying in March. By. And then uh, we had our first uh, da- daughter, an only daughter, um, 
in Sid in 1995. Subsequently, um, being dad to those three kids has been a blessing. And now being a grandparent to three going on four kids. Right. Uh, now that they're all married. Uh, to I said the, three and a half since. Three and know, a half. Yeah. That's right. So, But they're married to Kate and Carly cool. and and, uh, and Tyler. So it's great. And they're all awesome. Cool. 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 So uh, a little bit of some other background. What I like to do, Steve, if you've listened to a Rad Dads episode is I've. I haven't actually. So, but, but uh, that's just because I'm not very social media. But maybe. So. Your episode's the first to watch. All right, well, there you go. We'll see. So I checked in with your family. It gave I asked them to give three words Uh-oh. to describe who you are, um, and some of them some of them did even more than three words. So here we go. So Nick, your son Nick, said you are diligent, gracious, and driven. Mm-hmm. I love how my dad will give without expecting anything in return. I love how much he cares for people, even if he doesn't know them. And I love how God has changed his heart. Mm-hmm. Ryan mentioned you are loyal, protective, and steadfast. I admire my dad's desire to learn, grow, and keep an open mind to change. And then your daughter, Sid, says she loves that you are a teacher. You are a giver, very generous. You're gifted at building relationships because of his genuine interest in others. And she said, I think he calls this name face story when he meets somebody. What's that mean? Do I know your? I know your name. I know your face. Do I know your story? Ah, that's the question. That's the, yeah. that, that's the question. And right. actually, I got that from a friend of mine, Greg Plutko, who's uh, been a longtime friend and, and also a rad dad. You might cool. want to talk to him sometime. Oh he's, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but that was his uh, kind of story. Cool. Like, how, how do you talk to somebody? How do you meet somebody? How do you engage with someone? And by knowing their name and their face right. is great. But if you don't know their story, then yeah, you don't really know really them. Engage them. And then she also mentioned that you're just a great problem solver, Mr. Fix-It, coming in like dads do. Um, And then last but not least, um, your wife, Antoine, said you are an amazing husband, father, grandfather, godfather, son, brother, uncle, friend. A lot more to add to that. Uh, She admires your faith that you share every day with those that you're around, which I appreciate too. And your compassion and love for others is what drives you to do what's right and make a difference in the world. Um, so there you go. There you go. And I actually had to delete a lot of that because they added a lot. So well, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll send the rest of it to you later. i by that already, so yeah. that's good. Um, great. And then we know each other um, really because of my wife, Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she danced with your daughter, Sydney. At my mom's dance studio. Right. And yeah. you guys kind of, your families kind of grew up together, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cosmo was, I think, gosh, seven or eight when I first met her, maybe even younger than that. But Right. And then she kind of naturally took Sid under her wing, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, which was cool. And then yep. our families became good friends because we were traveling everywhere, going to dance competitions. Right, and right, yeah. So, yeah lots cool. of dance. Yeah, lots of dance. And then we met... More dance probably than I wanted to. Sorry, Mom, yeah, I love right. you, but there's a lot of dance. 40 years in a row, <laughs> and it was, I'm just kidding, it was yep. awesome. And then we met through Southlands Church. Um, I think Cosmo kind of inviting Nick, your son, to church. Yeah. Um, kind of led him to the Lord. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And I got to be a part of just praying for him. So, And I feel like kind of the rest was history from there, at least from our relationship. So, and you guys have been just such a blessing to our family, um, supporting us um, just emotionally. And, and I mean, we've, you've helped us figure out where we're living. We were in Santa Barbara. You helped out there. And so you guys have been just so gracious to us. 
great example of uh, your gener- uh, your generosity that your kids are mentioning. So oh, we love you guys. We love you too. That's we awesome. love you a lot. Wouldn't uh, do it any other way. So this episode is called Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad. So I'm going to ask you some doctor questions Uh-oh. that maybe um, somebody... I already passed my MCATs, Mike. I don't know okay, okay, good. Now we're going to get into the, if you're a dad or a parent in the medical profession, mm-hmm. kind of some advice there and whatnot. So right into it. Uh, thinking about the craziness of med school, I've ta- mm-hmm. talked to your son that's gone through it, and it is wild and crazy. Uh, so what kind of advice would you give to parents or dads that are going through med school maybe while raising a family? Well, um, have an incredible wife. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I think that's number one, which I definitely did. I don't think I, I appreciated it as much when I was going through mm-hmm. it as I do looking back on it now, watching my son go through it. Um, that, you know, Carly and um, the hours that Nick's gone, uh, I was gone those same amount of hours. And it, it's a lot. Yep. Um, but how they, you know, how they handle it. And um, at the time, interestingly enough, our faith was good, but it, I think walking with the Lord would have been a lot more helpful, having sure. a work-life balance in that respect. Mm. But you're kind of so busy just, I mean, literally working 100-plus-hour weeks trying to take care of people right. uh, that are sick and traumatic injuries, that kind of stuff, that you start to lose, you start to lose that, family kind of focus sure uh, because you're exhausted and you get home and you got for me at the time it was three kids and yeah you're running out of fumes yeah you're running <laughs> on fumes and they're tired and mom's tired and it's like man how do you how do you hold it all together and i think that's where our faith was pretty helpful for sure right yeah. for sure yeah faith so faith and having an incredible wife mm-hmm. being on the same page probably is your spouse yeah, yeah yeah which isn't always easy when you're tired obviously you know that. yeah oh i we can, can we get hangry but we can also get uh, with sleep deprivation, it can be it can be even worse. You know, you just, sure. just get tired and you just don't want to. You're just exhausted. So cool. Um, so, and would you say are there any things that you have learned about fatherhood, or that God has kind of taught you through being a doctor? Any things that have kind of like that you've learned or? Um, wow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Many things. Yeah. Um, Fatherhood is is nurturing and caring and loving and and really just having compassion for your family, right? Right. I, mean, I think that's part of, and that's no different for a physician. I mean, a sure. physician, um, it just now becomes a study of your family. It's your your patient, right? And being able to transfer that uh, in a loving, kind way when you got to tell somebody that they just lost a loved one, mm. or you got to tell them that they, you know, hey, they may not be able to do this again, or Right. You know, things like that, those can be really challenging. Um, and so I think that it actually, they kind of go hand in hand. Like, right. I think that if you're a good dad uh, and you can and really understand how to communicate well with your family and your children, um, I think it can translate into being even a better physician because you've had those life experiences. Sure. That, you know, like, for example, now in my practice, when someone gets hurt and it's a sports-type injury, having an injury myself. Right. Or um, and trying to explain like, hey, I've been there. I right. get it. That I think that translates really well when you're sure. trying to communicate with your patient. Like, hey, I get it. It's it's not just an elbow. Mm-hmm. It's really like your whole being. Yeah. Right? And, and how do you and your identity that often right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes your identity, especially if you're not able to go back to that sport, right? Mm-hmm. You're, and you identify through that sport your whole life. Right. Now it's gone. And now, mm-hmm. how do you identify? And I have those right. conversations, believe it or not, more frequently than just the injury mm-hmm. conversations with the family and the 
and the kids. So yeah, I was gonna say you're. I feel like the families. You have right. a kid, so right. you, you have a family there, and their kids hurt. Right. Like you've been through it, or you, you can yeah. kind of give yeah. your t- your story, your, your experience. insight. Yeah, your right. insight to what's what's there. I think that's classic. Right. Super here. valuable. Yeah. 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 For yeah, sure. I think it would be anyway. For sure. Yeah. And have you had any? I I I've got to ask as a doctor. Have you had any like just God, like God miracle moments? As a doctor, you're like, how did that happen kind of thing? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I've had it. Uh, it's pretty great. My niece, not, not even me as the physician. Um, my niece, who was about a year in, in July and a half ago. So what is that? July is a year and a quarter, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, called me and she, she had stage four malignant melanoma. And literally, we went out to her, Antoinette and I, and prayed over her. And stage four malignant melanoma can be a death sentence. Wow. Um, uh, I mean, once you've had that, ex- you know, extensive, or that metastasizer spreads to mm-hmm. different parts of her brain, her lungs, her kidneys, her and hers was actually her eye, mm-hmm. um, and it was pushing her eyeball completely out of her eye socket. Wow. And this is amazing to me. But um, sh- we prayed over her, and a guy named Jim Allison came to her husband's mind, mm-hmm. and this guy created this antibody that fights malignant melanoma uh mm-hmm. and it's she's actually a year and four months now and yeah pretty wow. much tumor free no way is, yeah and it's because this guy found a new cure for sure. this malignant melanoma which was and it was just kind of through connections and you know god right. works in really different ways totally and, and, and so it was pretty cool it was a pretty cool experience right. and, and now to see where she's at and uh, just her relationship with God is you can see that he's he's given her this for lots of reasons right? totally but he uses everything right yeah, <laughs> he does yeah and it's purely by his grace so yeah it's cool to see how God works in like through people and circumstances mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like a miraculous like there's no other explanation than God yeah, yeah I could show you a picture of before and after you wouldn't even recognize her it's completely wow. different it's amazing I mean I literally I think about it now and it's just kind of yeah, it's pretty emotional. So it's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so we mentioned that you have helped or or been doctor to a number of different professional teams, mm-hmm. including the Lakers. Yeah. Got to ask, were, were, did you help out Kobe? I yeah. Did I help out Kobe? Kobe didn't need any help. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> he true. Was, it's Black Mamba. He was, he was pretty darn good at. Yeah. So at Curlin Joe Orthopedic Clinic, where I did my fellowship, we would mm-hmm. take care of multiple athletes right. and multiple professional teams. Um, and then after that, uh, Dr. Lombardo, was, who was the lead physician for the, the Lakers, would ask me to uh, cover the Lakers when they came out to Citizen Bank Arena at the time, which oh, cool. is in Ontario. And I would take care of them during you know those games. And, yep. and so, yeah, I think it was actually um, always a fun experience being around you know elite athletes and I think Kobe was a special guy. Um, it was funny. The one conversation that I had with him just re- before yeah. you know, my last, that was, this was like 2016, is mm-hmm. I had read a book by Malcolm Gladwell called David and Goliath. Okay. And uh, I was sharing it with Gary Vitti, the trainer at the time, and Kobe yep. kind of chimed in and said, yeah, it was one of my favorite books of all time. Oh, no way. And I said, really, why is that? And he said, yeah, it's just, I think that's life. Like, we, we have one, one picture, and I don't want to ruin the book, but one picture of how things should be. Yep. But in the David and Goliath story, everybody thinks Goliath is going to win because he's the favorite. Right. Right. But David, 
really when you look at all mm. the details of it, David really was the favorite. Mm. But we just looked at it in the wrong perspective. And I think huh. Kobe took that mentality in whatever he did. Mm. His perspective was very different than most of the athletes. And right. It was pretty funny. Then he went out and played against Steph Curry, uh, who was huh. playing uh, that day. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the I'm sitting on the bench and right. And uh, Steph Curry, and it was funny because Steph Curry just talked about it just recently on a on a podcast and oh, Nick no sent me the information huh. over to it was really cool and he said he, he was Phil Jackson was a coach and, and he, he said to Phil Jackson like hey I want to I want to cover him you know and it's preseason right so they don't need to be out there and, sure but Kobe wanted to see what Steph this hot new Steph yep. Curry at the time right. was a really he was a young first or second mm-hmm. year rookie and he full court pressed him all the way from the you know from the baseline really? all the way down and if you hear Steph Curry's like what the heck is going on here yeah and then he fumbles down and falls back and hits a three-pointer on Kobe, right? Right. And then Kobe kind of running back taps him on the butt like, hey, nice job, rookie, kind of thing, you know? Huh. And he comes back to the bench, and now I'm hearing the conversation. Yeah, right. He's like, I got him, Phil. It was yeah. just kind of that, like, he just wanted to test what, sure, what he yeah. could do against them and where he was at and, and kind of push his envelope. Yep. But then he was comfortable enough to say, right. like, he's good, but yeah. I think I got it. All right. Yeah, so it was Man, cool. what a, like, what an experience. Like you it was a cool experience. That. I mean, it was funny when Nick sent me the video just recently. Yeah. I was like, Dad, weren't you at this game? And I, I said, feel like yeah. I've heard of that story before. Yeah. And to yeah. know that you were there, just yeah. like in yeah. your shot. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I have a video, a picture of me sitting next to Kobe and, and talking with him. It was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you say that was kind of like one of the bigger highlights as far as people that you've gotten to work with? Oh, gosh. I've been so blessed to work with a lot of like really cool athletes um, at many different levels. Uh, yeah, I think that Kobe was one, Shaquille was one, Ted Williams was one that I thought mm-hmm. was an incredible. That wasn't when I was a physician; that was when I was a player. And, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, but the thing that I, the thing that it's amazing to me is that those guys don't view themselves any different than you and mm-hmm. I view each other, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're pretty humble. I mean, they're confident. Don't get me wrong, and but they're also very talented. Sure. But their confidence is really based on a lot of things right um but most of them have some significant faith that i think a lot of people huh. they try not to go out and create this big aura sure. around it and just just trust it so right it's, yeah that's where they get but it's fun i think all of them are like you and i they're, they're right they're yeah. good human beings and and you just try and do the best you can for them to take care of them make totally. sure that they're doing the right stuff so but you don't often see that just kind of day-to-day yeah. normal, like you yeah. see either the highlights or the lowlights. And so getting right. to see those. Yeah, see the little innuendos in yeah. between it, right? Which is, you're kind of like, wow, that's uh, that's kind of cool. I got to visual, you know, totally. be around that See them yeah. as a normal person yeah, yeah. in those yeah, exactly. day-to-day moments. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And they're just like you and I. They put their pants on the same way. It's right. amazing. Really? It's amazing. And they don't just snap their fingers and then they yeah, just... just does it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. They may be able to pull their sweats off pretty quick. But right, yeah. But that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you also... Um, I love sports. I've gotten to coach. I've been coached my whole life. You coach a team called the Knuckleheads. I coached and a team called the Knuckleheads. You coached yes, a team yes, called yes. the Knuckleheads. Yes. Um, I love hearing those stories from, uh, for for coaching dads out there. Can you share maybe kind of your top three values you instilled in your team? That yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can think of one. I'll I'll say it at the end if you don't say it. But uh, yeah, maybe kind of those cu- couple three that you were coaching. Uh, so we were called the Knuckleheads because I wanted our kids to just have fun, right? And, yep. and, and our shirt said Knuckleheads on the front, but on the back it said just the name, not the way we play. 
Mm. Right? So I wanted them to be able to have fun and enjoy the game, but understand how the game is played properly right. and understand the proper mechanics. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that I see now in my profession with travel ball and all these things is that we sometimes lose that process of actually educating the kids on having fun, which is right. important, but understand the fundamentals of the game as well. Yep. And not just playing 180 games in a year and that makes yep. you better. That doesn't work that right. way usually. So as a coach, hmm. I would really instill like, hey, teach them the fundamentals of the game. Just don't go play 100 games. It doesn't make a difference. Right. That's yeah. number one. Number two is I'm a big, my biggest saying is be a cart returner, don't be a cart leaver. That was the one I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's two types of people in the world. There's cart leavers and there's cart returners. And and a cart uh, cart leaver is the guy who makes an excuse, oh, it's too far to return yeah. my, my shopping cart, or it's somebody else's job, or why do yeah. I have to do it? But the cart re- returner is the guy that says the right thing to do is return the cart, so that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, Amen. And, then, and so I think that's uh, that's actually, if you ask, I think I hear it all the time back, Coach A, I return my cart. Yeah. Like I'll get texts or emails once in a while, like, Coach, I still think about returning my yeah. stupid shopping cart because of you. Right, yeah. And I'm just like, good, well, at least I made one impact. Yeah, on right. Term. And the no, other one is be, yeah. be, be a fountain, don't be a drain, Yep. right? Which is, um, and I heard this actually when we were in Hawaii. I think it was the University of Hawaii's coach was talking about it to his players and to our to the teams that were at this competition. Yep. And he was talking about generally just, you know, like there's two types of baseball players. The guy that goes four for four and he gets back in the dugout and his team loses and he's like, hey, I did everything I could do for the team. You guys lost. Yeah, right. Right. And that's the drain that sucks the life out of totally. the team. Versus the versus the fountain that goes over for hitting and makes perfect sacrifice yeah. bunt, sacrifice fly, sacrifices himself right. for his team to win, and that's and he's okay with it. That would yeah. be the fountain of the team. So I wasn't even a knucklehead, and those specifically those two principles, the sh- the cart returner and the drain and fountain. Like I feel like I, I'm a teacher, a PE teacher, so I've I've implemented those somewhere because that's just a such, such a great like imagery and easy to understand of like some being somebody who goes above and beyond as well as like hey are you gonna give or take are you a giver or a taker right right. and those are such important principles to pass on and i kid you not we were at target the other day probably a week ago (laughs) and i had my son and we came out of the target and there was it was even an accident there was like some extra carts just right outside but not in the section right, right. I, I just put it kind of right there and i got i kept walking the car and it was like you were speaking to me <laughs> it's probably the holy spirit right, right, and right. it was like don't like be a cart returner so i, I turned back around we were almost right. in the car I it's turned, raining I you did, don't want yeah. to get back there yeah. every excuse right and that's right. life every too excuse. there's every excuse not right. to do it but will you do right. it anyways so Right. Your lessons are going past uh, all the knuckleheads. Well, that's good. The rest of knuckleheads. Hopefully that's tonight. a faith-based lesson as well, yeah. right? Amen. You can always yeah. find excuses not to go to Christ. Yeah. But, but the right thing is to go to Christ right? yeah. first. Amen. So being a fountain, not a drain. Mm-hmm. Be a cart returner, not a cart lever. And then right. your first one was? Well, my first one is is I think that uh, don't. Don't forget the fundamentals of what you're really sure. doing there, which is fundamentals, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's enjoying mm. what you're doing first. Right. As a coach, don't don't take right. it too seriously. I used to take this, I used to always do this one with my kids when I would coach them, and I'd have a parent meeting before. I'd, I'd put the hat on the 10-year-old kid, right? Yeah. And, and I'd say, before that, I'd say, this is a 10-year-old kid, and then I'd put the baseball hat on him, and I'd go, he's still mm. a 10-year-old kid. Let's not forget that, right? And then, yeah. as a coach, sometimes... And even as a parent, you try and get yeah. these. You try and get in these oh, for sure. Kind of worlds where you feel like 
there's all this stuff that's going on that really yeah when it all comes down to it you want to say the last thing i would say is is when your kid gets in a car after a game yeah instead of deconstructing every game mm, and yep. taking it all the way home to dinner and everything else just look at your kid and this is actually bill o'sullivan said this he said five words i loved watching you play today mm. that's it yeah, and that's all you need to say because right. then your kid's not getting his identity through his sport. Is he getting a day yeah. that you love him no matter Amen. what? Amen. Yeah. So and I love you... watching you play today. Five words. That's such good advice. It is. It's so hard to do as a parent. Yeah. I was that kid. I was that parent. Yeah. I, you can yeah. ask my kids. I'd yeah. be like, "What'd you think of that three-two fastball that you missed? Yeah. What'd you think of that serve and yeah, it's tempting. It is <laughs> tempting, and I think that what happens is our kids don't want to let us down, right? And so right. Um, you kind of get in that process where you're like. Okay, I want to support them, and I want them to know that I care about it, but really yeah. all I need to say is, hey, I really love watching you totally. play today. That's what mattered to me. Nothing yeah. else mattered. Right. That's it. So Yeah, keeping what's matter, what matters most in perspective, which is Correct. really your relationship with them. Right, exactly. And being exactly. their supporting cast, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then go awesome. buy them an ice cream. Yeah, right. right. And then the day draw. with a smile. Exactly. exactly. Cool. Uh, and then you are also a uh, grandfather now of, yeah. like you said, three and a half kids. Yeah. Um, what do you hope, um, are there things that you hope to instill in your grandkids mm. that you maybe did with your kids? And maybe are there any areas you hope to do differently that, um, this time around as a grandfather? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think that your grandkids, I mean, my kids gave me great joy. But I think your grandkids gave you even greater joy. Mm. I don't think there's any greater joy than your, your grandchildren. Mm. Um, I think that from a faith-based perspective, um, I really will instill faith in my grandkids more mm. than I probably did in my kids. Mm. Um, I was in a different phase in my life. Sure. Right. I was raising kids, and my faith probably wasn't as strong as it is now. Mm. And didn't think it was as important as I do think it is now. Sure. I think that right. I would really kind of... It's so fun with Lily. I'll sit at the table and we'll just say, you know, let's, let's say prayers or with Kai or right. even Boston. Boston, you ask Boston, like, you know, where's Jesus in Boston? He's like, in my heart. Uh, so, that's awesome. Um, and that's because his parents are teaching him that things sure. too. And, yep. and and Kai, all those things in Lily, they, they all love God and it's it's important for them to to experience that. I think that, that example, mm-hmm. I'll try to, you know, I'll be more of a Sure, returner. sure. Yeah, in that way, uh, yeah. In that respect, um, because I think it's a critical part that when you're a young parent, you don't think maybe it's that important. Right. Um, you think there's so many things that are way more important, but they're really not. Um, right. And then as you become more wise, um, you start to look at things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's it, it's like knowledge and wisdom, right? You know, knowledge is, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a, a fruit. Wisdom knows that you don't put it in a fruit salad. Mm. And I think that that's... Um, <laughs> important because you start to take these wisdom things and start to apply them now right the right way earlier generations Mm -hmm. right so that they can start to become wiser at an earlier age i think that's really Mm -hmm. the message that i would share with my grandkids and my kids right yeah continue continuing that yeah yeah, that's awesome yeah it's cool cool um all right and then uh going back to being a doctor dr dad Yep. Dr. Yep. Steve Best. Yep. Uh, do you feel like being a doctor, uh, this is something, I didn't even mention this, but I got to interview your son. It was uh, in the first season, I got to interview him as a new dad with Joshua Buckley. So his name is Nick Bast, and he's in his residency, right. almost he's done. Fourth year resident. Fourth year of residency. Five years total, but he's fourth year resident. Right? So I got to ask him, 
uh, as a doctor, does it give a doctor dad? Does that give you more? Do you feel like it gives you more anxiety since you know more about uh, medical profession and whatnot uh, when they're sick? And does that give you more anxiety having too much information, or do you feel like it gives you more peace knowing what to do? I'm, I'm curious. I think what you that um, <laughs> if you're the if you're the wife or the spouse of the doctor, I think it gives you more anxiety. Because the, 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 myself, for example, I would be like, it's fine. He's going to be fine. Uh-huh. It's just this or that or this or that. And, you know, your, your spouse might be like, well, are you sure? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm positive. I've seen some really sick kids and sure. he's not that kid right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think that that sometimes um, can create some anxiety because mm-hmm. I think that as, as the doctor in the family, one, everybody will come to you, right? Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to know everything. Right. Um, which you don't. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> uh, and and then when you don't have the answers, then they're frustrated. Or if you feel like it's right. not really that critical, then that can be frustrating. And that kind of puts you at a really a, an awkward position because you don't want to be like, listen, I've seen this. And I don't want to be rude, but like it's going to get better. It's going to mm. be fine. We just got to work through a few things. And then there's times where you're like, okay, they're really sick and this is serious. And now yeah. I've got to kind of take the next steps to make sure that it doesn't get sicker. So right. I think that... It creates anxiety for for a little bit, but I think it's more for the for the spouse than it is sure. for the physicians. Because I think if, if you ask Nick, you know, he he gets concerned when when Boston's sick, right. like we all do. Um, but I think that Carly would be more concerned because mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just you're the mom and it's a different. Sure, you yeah. haven't seen it's the things kid. maybe yeah. at Children's Hospital when you're around right. and you see some really sick kids or yeah. or like my wife when the kids were sick and I'd be at Children's Hospital and I'd see some kids that were right. you know on their deathbed and, and you'd yeah. just be like okay our kid's okay he's got a little cold sure. or he's got some bad asthma or whatever it is it's going to be alright right. and yes sometimes it's um, it can be really challenging because it's it's uh, it's your child and you don't want them to get sicker, right? That's a right. More sick, sicker. Yeah. That's a word, but yeah. It almost seems like your spouse doesn't care in the moment that you're a doctor anymore. It's like I don't care what you say. Like, this is my kid. Right. I know them. Right. 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 And that would, and they're not well right now, so we right. need to do something. And you're like, and, okay, there's nothing to do. We're gonna yeah. be okay. Let's get them. Right. You know, let's get them to the ER. Let's get them to where they need to go, so we can make sure that they're treated properly. Yeah. But like. It's going to be okay, and it's just that sure. sometimes that can, but it can be stressful for sure. Yeah. yeah. Interesting dynamic between yeah, it's a, a spouse dynamic. who isn't in that field and right. a spouse that right. is. And, and both, like for Carly, she's a nurse, so she, she's knowledgeable. And sure, my wife that's right, yeah. Urgent care is most of her life, mm-hmm. so she's knowledgeable. And being a mom, forget all the other stuff, is way more knowledgeable than most physicians know. Believe it or not, right. mothers huh. know when their kids are sick. Sure, yeah, mother, mother's intuition, right? Yeah, mother intuition is they they know they know when their kids are sick. Not that the fathers don't, but there's just something about mothers like this isn't normal. Like right. this isn't right. Right. And, and so I think those are, and you, and as a physician, if you're not, or, or as a spouse, either one, if you're not listening, hmm. then that's when you really can get burned. Believe it sure, or not. Like, sure, okay, yeah. Let's look it. Let's see it. And okay, we're gonna listen to everything mm-hmm. here. Make sure it's healthy. So. And you. I mean, the parents, obviously, and I, I can relate, like, we've been to the hospital with my kids before, but you you know your kids, you know their rhythms, you know how they usually are, right. which is which is kind of good and bad. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, but, but you haven't been sitting in the ER seeing 15 right. of the same kids yeah. going, same this symptoms. is what this is, I'm going to, we'll give For him sure. this and he's going to get better. And that's the difference, right, where as a physician you've seen that so you've seen the same things over and over and over and how they respond really well usually over and Mm -hmm. over and over but you just got to get the treatment so you can get them there and then it's just the and then sometimes we used 
we used to always say when in a really traumatic case, right, you mm -hmm. check your pulse first and then check the patient's ah, pulse, right? Because yep. that's kind of how it works. Sure, yeah, it's a, take a breath first. Yeah, take a deep and breath and it's going to be okay. And they'll sure. figure out how we can solve this problem. Cool. That's great. Great yeah. advice. Um, and then uh, and then just kind of lastly, if you could give uh, kind of full circle three tips or pointers to any dads, um, any parents in the medical profession, what what would you what would you give them? Wow. Um, number one, love your kids unconditionally and your family, like put them first, mm -hmm. put God first. Yeah. Put your family right below that. Mm -hmm. um, have a work-life balance where you can spend time with your family and your kids and your grandkids. Yep. Um, and then do whatever you can do to lead them to Christ. Mm. Whether that be just loving them and letting them find him or answering questions or sure. um, whatever it takes. Because ultimately that's our goal, right? Is to, right, right. Is to lead people to Christ and know who Christ is in their life. But we're not going to do that. God's going to do that right. in their lives. We're just the instrument that helps them find them. Totally, yeah. Right? I think that's right. That's what I like to see in all my kids and my grandkids mm -hmm. for sure. For them to see in and, Christ. And I like how your advice is not just for doctors. <laughs> that's right. anybody. Right. Like that's anybody, being right. a doctor doesn't really change it. It's the same mm, for no. any dads, any no. mom. Um, you gotta gotta have that work life balance. You gotta prioritize them, and you know ultimately lead them to. The way, the truth, and life, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is, is it's funny because I think as a parent, you you love your kids so much that you don't ever want them to experience bad things or sure. fail at something. Right. Or, but I think when we, I, I've talked to both Sydney and then Nick and Ryan, and I think it, it, when I asked them, like, you know, like, how could we have been better parents? They're, they're always said, I wish you would have let us fail a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I wish you would have let us kind of struggle a little bit more. Huh. And as a parent... I don't know. That's really hard to do because, right, yeah. because you, don't you don't want, want them to fail. You don't want, well, you don't want them to fail. You don't want them to struggle. Right, totally. But then I look back at my own life um, and I realized that my biggest growth was when I failed or struggled. Mm, sure. Right? And I think it's like the athlete getting back to that kind of full circle. Right. right? Like the athlete doesn't learn as much as he wins as mm. when he loses, right? Right. Because you learn how to adjust, compensate, and overcome mm -hmm. whatever adversity you've just kind of been run into. Yeah. And it was great. We were at we were up at Camp Agape, yep. a couple of weeks ago, and the pastor there was really great. He was talking about how things get. Jeff out. Hamilton, right? It wasn't Jeff. Ham uh, oh, Jeff Hamilton was one of the okay. pastors. This was another one. This guy was from Australia. Okay. Um, and he was talking about how things get thrown at us, right? Uh, different, you know, stressors in our lives yep. uh, or difficult times, and how we handle those. Sometimes they hit us and they sting us. Yep. Sometimes they hit us and bounce off of us. Sometimes mm -hmm. they, we catch them. And we hold on to them. Hmm. Um, and they can be very painful when you sure, hold on to them. Sure, we yeah. don't ever want to let them go because they're so painful. Right. But what he said at the end, which was great, he got this big bouncy ball. And this guy was throwing pickleballs at him and, and with these different stressors. And they uh -huh. were just bouncing off. And the, and the right. bouncy ball was there. It was putting everything through Christ first, right? Hmm. And those things that you're holding on to, you got to let go. Because if you right. don't, it's just going to... It's going to get to a phase where it just eats mm. you up yeah. until you really get down to the bottom. But again, it gets back to you learn the most by struggling and stressors, but it doesn't make it easy. It, sure. it can make it painful, but that painful growth is, I think, how we become who we are. Right, yeah. Yeah, 
you don't you don't want to give it to your kids but you like you said you think back on your own life and you're like those are the biggest times i grew in maturity and in my faith and maybe even just in relationships to being more vulnerable and whatnot being bold and vulnerable right vulnerable is a strength not a weakness yeah right and we learn that i think you that's that's wisdom yeah right being vulnerable to your family yep um would probably be my third point if i was yeah be vulnerable don't you don't always have to have the answers as a dad. Sure. That was probably one of my biggest, I think, if I, I would say flaws, but I would mm. never, like, I always want to have the answer for my kids. Right. And there's times when you just got to go, you know what? I, I don't know the answer. Right. I, but I can find out or I can, sure. or we can work through this together. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just saying, no, this is the wrong way or this is the wrong yeah. way. And maybe instilling what you don't know onto them so that they, and it can be very confusing. Hmm. And then it can be very, actually frustrating for the children as well because they'll be like, I don't know if his dad really helping me here or is yeah. he just trying to make me feel good. Right. right? There's no transparency, transparency right. or genuine follow through. And mm-hmm. I think that's important as well. And you're modeling that. And when you model that, then they right. know how to right. open up to people and right. to have our actual real relationship that right. you're talking about real things in right. real life rather than, well, I know who Steve Bast is, but I really don't know what his name is face yet. and story. Name, face, and story. Right. Being vulnerable. Right, right. right. Cool. Yeah, we got in right there just on that point. Name, face, and story for sure. Get to know people. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you, Steve, for being on the show. Um, Like I said, you guys are such a gift to us. I mean, Mm -hmm. Nick was in our wedding, and you guys have been such a huge support to us. We get to live out with Sydney when she was in Santa Barbara for a bit, and Ryan and Kate are fantastic, too. I think about Kate did some... Uh, she's really good at, at mom hacks and right, she right, did some activities right. with my daughter and that, that just, Shout she out loved to Kate it. Bass That's right. Yep. That's right. Um, so just want to say thank you. And you know, you're, you really are, um, you guys are just so generous. And even when you don't notice you, you guys are making such an impact on people around you just by you guys mm-hmm. love alone and vulnerability and love. So thanks. Well, thanks for all your love and support too, Mike. Yeah. And honestly, I think that, uh, your example and, example you lead to others is is incredible and uh, and very christ-like so don't, don't ever change that. thanks for saying yeah. that you're yeah. rad dad you're a rad Steve dad best. right back at you buddy do you mind uh praying us out just for anybody that's tuning in specifically yeah, yeah. um you know anybody in the medical profession that are parents yeah. and yeah. could yeah. use some some help from the lord all right lord thank you so much for this time with micah thank you so much for uh just the gift of grace that you give us each and every day uh, that you're able to just guide us uh, to what the right choices are, uh, to have families like the ones that we have, to have loving kids. Whew. <laughs> and spouses. Uh, just most of all, beautiful grandchildren. Lord, for those that, that don't know you, Lord, they might seek you, they might find you, and that you might just soften their heart to know you better. And just know that you have this unconditional love that's just always given and always graceful. And no matter what we do from a work standpoint, that doesn't matter. What really matters is our love for you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.